This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. What's up, buddy? Podcast magic. That's what I heard. God. <sighs> I just made a new friend on Twitter. Yeah? Yeah, the guy that wrote uh, Marvel The Untold Story. Oh, really? Yep. I'm going to see if I can have him on a podcast, actually. I just thought about that. Yeah, that, I really enjoyed that book. Yeah, I think we've all read it, right? I know you have. I think Ronnie did. Aaron doesn't read books, so he doesn't know what it is. I think he's listened to it. Has he? Yeah, because I, I told him about it a while ago. And uh, when he was looking for audiobooks, and I am pretty positive he listened to it. Hmm. He better have gone to uh, audible.com slash Valiant Central Podcast. That's all I know. Yeah, that bastard. That bastard. I'm going to cancel that rebirth quickly. <laughs> they never read anything anyway. It's a terrible podcast. I did shit a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately after I did, they ruined every purpose I had for it. They did uh they did change it when you left, didn't they? Yeah. Well, it was funny because when we were doing it, it was literally we wanted to do it because we weren't big DC guys. When we want to talk about the books, and immediately after I left, they had Mike and Daryl on. <laughs> that was literally what we said we would not do. Uh, so they just turned it into a boring ass DC podcast, and that's what it was. Wow. Valiant such a podcast, Paul. That's what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're rolling, rolling down the river. All right. This is uh, episode 133 of the show that we do. What are we here to talk about? Oh, Valiant stuff. Uh, we're here to talk about comic books. So you know what? In the last week, oh, I've had... Oh, I know where this is going. I've had two uh, two very good examples of like some of what's the best about collecting comics. Oh, do tell. And uh, what, what you th- where you thought I was going is I think that in the the last week I've also seen one big example of one of the worst things about <laughs> comics. But uh, we'll start with the best. So first of all, um, I think it was last week, late last week. My uh, yeah, it was like middle late last week. Whatever. My shop owner posted on Facebook that he was selling a spinner rack because he got the spinner rack he wanted. Mm. And uh, so I sent him a message and was you know I asked him how much he wanted for it and. His price was reasonable, but you know, if if he wanted a really low price, I may, like my wife was even like, "Oh, you should get that and put it in the corner of your office." And uh, if it was cheap, I would have. But he sold it for what he wanted to, which is good for him, anyways. But anyway, so he he told me, you know, oh yeah, I got what I wanted. Um, I found a good deal on it. And he told me that it came with two trash bags full of comics. Wait, like trash li- bags. literally trash literally. bags? Trash bags full of comics. Mm. So I was like, uh, I'll come take a look at them. Because I knew for a fact, like, there's no way he wanted those. He bought 26 long boxes of comics um, a couple months ago mm-hmm. that he's still very slowly working through. And he does not have a lot of physical space. So, uh, so I said, oh, yeah, I'll drop by on Saturday on my way home and I'll take a peek at what you got. Uh, so I, I go by, and he pulls them out, and I was like, you know, what, what do you what do you want for 
you know the comics and he's like uh he's like how about 20 bucks a bag and i was like i don't want to spend that much hmm. uh, you know how much do you want per comic and i'll look through and see if i find some stuff and he's like well make me an offer and so i said i'll give you 10 bucks a bag and he said how about 15 i was like nah okay i can't spend that much like i'm really tight on money i, I gotta minimize what i'm spending so we ended up agreeing on 12 bucks a bag with me paying him part of it then and then part of it later when i can afford to and so i took it home got over 500 comics uh, a lot of it, very bad stuff. Uh, there were some indie comics in there that were truly god awful, <laughs> um, like really indie stuff. And it's the kind of thing I'm looking. I'm like, man, these people should—they they deserved to fail at their dreams. This is just bad. <laughs> um, but uh, I found one gem in there. So like, there's a lot of stuff that was kind of interesting to me. Like when I kind of peeked through, I, I saw some titles that I was kind of interested in checking out that I hadn't yet, like Cloak and Dagger. Um, uh, oh god, what a booster gold from DC, you know, like a few things like that. It's like, uh, you know, for pretty cheap, like I can make this worthwhile, like check out, kind of dip my toes in different things. Um, but I found, uh, I found the death of Robin. Mm. Um, it survived being in a trash bag full of comics unscathed. Uh, so it's in pretty darn good condition, it has a few, you know, ticks along the spine and those kind of things that you see in older comics but yeah it's uh like that alone is more than worth what i spent mm -hmm. so basically i got one cool book uh i've been kind of farming out the crap load of stuff that i got to other people that i thought might enjoy some you know big box of comics for cheap as hell so mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm trying to get it narrowed down enough that it could be a box that i stick in the corner and occasionally pull a few things out of to read you know mm -hmm. but uh, was, that was a lot of fun like i enjoy that kind of thing and the other thing that happened is I was out with my son and uh, popped into a little comic shop. Um, it's it's more of a video game store, and they also have comics. And the comics are clearly secondary to them because whenever they have used stuff, it's usually pretty cheap. Uh, and I found the whole 12-issue run of Crisis on Infinite Earth, uh, Infinite Earths, for a buck an issue. Nice. Yeah, and that's like... I talked to a few people, and it sounds like that's probably like sixty to sixty to a hundred bucks worth of comics right there. Hmm. So, two nice experiences. Like that's the stuff that's really fun about being a comic collector to me, especially when I can't just go out and buy everything that I want with comics. Sure, uh, it's, you just you keep your eyes open. It's amazing what you can come across sometimes. It's always cool to see people's really good finds. I haven't found anything good because I haven't bought any comics. Well, like old comics. I've got new comics, but no old comics. Yeah, you're born like that. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I've got enough to read, Paul. Yeah, you know see, that's, I mean? honestly, that's where I am. I have so much built up to read that the only reason I got these two things I got is, one is when you have the chance to buy over 500 comics for 20 bucks, it's like, uh, how are you going to pass that? Mm -hmm. um, and the other one, it's like, I, I even walked away from getting the Crisis on Infinite Earths I was like, I don't know. But then I looked it up and I kind of figured that they're worth significantly more than a dollar an issue. Sure. So I was like, ah, okay, I'll get that. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm trying not to do a whole lot of that stuff, man. Matter of fact, I got a, I got a message today from uh, Chris Parton, um, who does the uh, Boom Addiction podcast. And I guess he got like a stack of variants because he messaged me. He's like, hey. And I was like, nah, dude. 
It's like I don't, I don't, I don't collect this stuff anymore. I'm just sticking with the uh, the A covers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Screw that other stuff. Um, but hey, if you're still doing it, cool. Good for you. Good for you. I just can't. I can't. I can't warrant it anymore, Paul. Yeah, I. Yeah. I mean, I, I get. So I have five comics I'm subscribed to. One has been on hiatus. One comes out sporadically every like four to eight months. <laughs> so I'm I'm getting very little comics right now. Which one's that? Uh, Love and Rockets. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, it's one you expect to come out sporadically. Yeah, yeah. But you've got a new uh, Motor Girl. Yeah, I haven't been able to pick it up yet, but Ronnie said that it's a pretty hard-hitting issue. Nice. Yeah, I gotta pick that up. Um, I saw... Uh, there's a couple I might get, actually. Uh, one in particular. Um, Valiant is doing these, like, retailer... Pre- you know they always do the retailer previews for, uh, yeah. like, big cons? They're doing a couple for San Diego, which I didn't realize is, like, at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're doing... Uh, Bloodshot Salvation and uh, Quantum and Woody. Um, I don't know what the Quantum and Woody deal is because it's a, it's a blank retailer edition, but it's got an actual cover on it. So I don't I don't understand why it's called a blank edition. Um, and the Bloodshot Salvation just looks like uh, whatever regular. Um, Bunch of Salvation with some preview stuff in it. Uh, but the one I'm really interested in, and it makes me mad because I've been asking this for years, is the Ninja K number one script edition. Um, and the cover looks like, you remember um, the old retailer previews when uh, when Acclaim was doing them? It was just a, yeah, a it, white cover. It basically looked preview. like a script, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that for uh for ninja k and i really want that um so i've been asking him to do like include either parts of the script or whole scripts and books for a while um they told me it probably would never happen i guess uh guess things change paul guess things change um but yeah i want i want, I want that book i like i like reading comic scripts um i wish more Writers would put them on on their websites or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Van Lanty's really good about it. If you go to Van Lanty's website, he's got quite a few scripts on there, um, and like he even has pages where he breaks them down. So, like you learn why he does certain things in the script. Um, he's got blank scripts on there, so you can write your own based on his outlines and things. It's uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, see, that just goes to show that, you know, different people like different things, because I have always found scripts being included as, like, the worst extra. Like, I just, I, I'm never going to read a script in a comic, ever. Really? Yep, I have zero, absolutely zero interest in that. Huh. And, you know, it's like you get, like, uh, uh, special editions of various kinds, like the... I don't remember if the Bloodshot Director's Cut had it, but it'd be that type of book that would have it where it's, you know, here's a, a alternate presentation with some extra stuff, you know, or you, you buy a, a, you know, deluxe hardcover collection or stuff like that. Yeah, I never, ever, ever read the script. Interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, it just it really goes to show different people, different things appeal to different people, and that's why when something comes out that somebody's not interested in, if you complain about that being available, it's just stupid because you know there's something else that you like that you would like to see that other people don't give a shit about. So mm-hmm. if you don't give a shit, then just don't give a shit and leave it at that. <laughs> I just I don't understand that because I mean you're just all hyped up about a script and I'm like fuck that. I can't if believe I, you, Paul. If I want to read a comic, I'll read the comic. I don't need to read the comic without the pictures. <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, you're a book reader, Paul. I would think that you would want to see the script. I don't want to read a movie script. Um, I don't like reading movie scripts. Movie scripts have a lot more directions than uh, comic scripts. That, well, it depends on the writer. Some writers are very descriptive. Um, but I think movie scripts are much more detailed than a comic strip is. Um, I think a lot of times in the comic strip, the writer will know who he's working with or she's working with. And they trust the artist to do certain things with the script that they maybe don't feel like they need to write. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I've, I've seen some comic scripts where like the writer will spend an entire page or two just describing one panel of the book. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, those kind of writers are, are few. I mean, all, all, all the scripts that I've seen, like, you know, they fill in some details, but they leave some to the imagination of the uh, the, the artist. Um, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I think it's cool. Um, I'm going to get a copy of that. Um, I don't really care too much about the other ones, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. I saw on Twitter somebody complaining to Dinesh that those aren't available to everybody. Of course and they Dinesh, are. Well, like, his complaint was like, you should just make these available to everybody. Like, do you not understand the purpose of these things? Like, I, I, I don't think these things are confusing. And Dinesh, you know, responded very uh, simply with what they were. I mean, those exist, so retailers can recoup some of the cost of going to those kind of conventions and whatever, because they're basically going there to be sold stuff, you know? Um, so, I mean, that, that's why they make those things. It, it exposes the retailers to it, but also gives them a way to make back some of the money they have to invest in going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I just thought it was really, I, that's one of those things I think is really silly when somebody's like, well, I want this thing that's special and rare, so you should make it not special and rare so everybody can get it, <laughs> even though that would mean most people would not want it. And then people would just complain a bit about it being a different variant at that point. You do too many variants, but I want everything I want to be fully accessible without any hassle. I don't know. I just if The, the comic's going to come out eventually, so buy the comic when it comes out. This is just a preview of the comic. Well, and I think, as you just said, some of these things, there won't be a lot of demand for anyway. So I'm pretty sure I can pick that script cover up for, I don't know, 15 bucks, maybe, if that. Well, with all the preview things, you wait till the comic comes out, 15 bucks is pretty much the going price, if not less after time, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, the market gets very sated with those things, and we've seen it time and time again. Um, So it's... If you want, if you want those preview copies, just wait it out a little bit. There's so many of them produced; like they're going to be available for cheaper and cheaper and cheaper as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. And I know some some shops don't even care about selling them; they just give them out 
Um, mm-hmm. Especially with Valiant folks, because you know there's not a whole lot of Valiant fans. Um, so if you're like a guy that's been at the shop subscribing to Valiant for you know whatever, they might just throw it in your box and be like, "Here you go." I know I've heard that from a few people that has happened. Mm-hmm. So never know. Mm. I'm drinking this. Uh, I'm drinking seltzer water, Paul. Good seltzer water is my new jam. Yeah, it is. What brand are you drinking? Hell, I don't know. Uh, Walmart brand, I guess. I don't know. Clear American. That sounds Walmarty. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't do that food shopping in here. I try not to, at least. How about that? Yeah, it's you know, it's. I, I should have expected that answer because if I asked you what kind of wine you were drinking, you'd be like, I don't know. It's in a box. <laughs> Uh, I don't buy that either. My wife does. Yeah, we know she likes the uh, the classy boxed wines. She and does. The... It's her favorite. I uh, I want to do uh, the mail order wine, but she won't let me. <laughs> She's like, no, it's just cheaper to uh, you know get it at the store. I'm like, all right, whatever. Because we do we do a uh, HelloFresh, you know, meal delivery thing. And uh, now they're doing wine for HelloFresh as well. So I don't know. I'll convince her eventually. <laughs> Valiant Comics, yeah. Um, hey, uh, congrats to Sean, by the way. Sean got yeah. Engaged. I know that's awesome. Congratulations, Sean. Yeah, Sean from uh, Only the Valiant slash uh, that other VC show. And all it took was him slightly quitting podcasting for a little bit, <laughs> doing it at a more reasonable rate. Uh, I mean, I think he kind of had to, right? He's been going to Dubai and stuff like every month, so. Yeah, excuses, excuses. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> um, Seriously, congratulations, Sean. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. She uh, she seemed very excited. Um, I'm gonna post uh, in the in the show notes. Well, can I do that? I think I can do that. Um, Valiant published the uh, the the alphabet key to uh, decoding all the uh, the secret weapon stuff. Um, I I want somebody to tell me what that code says because I will never find that out on my own. What do you mean? I will never put the piece. I, I'm too. I I no. Just some somebody decode it and tell me. Oh, well, Sean, Sean would tell me. Sean was like, "No, I want you to have the fun." I'm like, "I don't want to have the fun." Oh, I figured I he would have told barely you to listen to, to VCR. No, nah. mm-hmm. I, I think he knows well enough that that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> I appreciate it when people respect the fact that I don't really listen to very many podcasts. Yeah, I gotcha. He, um, I think it was last week's episode of VCR. Him, him and Chris did a, a breakdown of Secret Weapons Number One. Did and, they decode it on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they. He gave all the uh, the Rexo dialogue. I, I, I might have to listen to that one to get yeah. that. That's that's a reasonable request. Anyways, if you're lazy, go do that. If you uh, want to do it yourself, um, I'll put it. I'll definitely put it in the Facebook group. Um, God, I haven't been in the Facebook group like all week, man. I know you were arguing with me on something without reading the backstory on it. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Incorrect, Paul. Incorrect. Um, we 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 can talk about that if you want. But uh, I'll, I'll, matter of fact, I'm going to put this right now in the Facebook group. 
Um, except I gotta rename the image file because for some reason Twitter likes to make images that large. I don't know what that means, Paul. Yes. I don't know what that means. That large? That's not a thing. Is if you're Twitter. Apparently. So anyways, we had a discussion in the Facebook group about a certain something that happened. I don't really want to name the comic or the creator. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, you'll know what I'm talking about. The po- And the, the points that I want to make, I think, are a little peripheral to the main conversation on the subject, which is why I want to actually make the points. Um, so a certain comic creator made a very uh, disturbing cover that was solicited and then pulled. Um, so one problem that I have, and this is my first problem with that sort of thing being done, is uh, I do not like it when something that is uh, graphic and can be offensive to any age group or like, you know, to to the younger age group, whatever. I don't like it when something like that is uh, displayed in a way that makes it to where they're going to see it unexpectedly you know i don't want to go into a comic shop and see a horrible image that i have no intention of seeing because it's on the shelf um i especially don't want my child to um and that's basically that that's one of the big problems i had with this comic cover they solicited is if a comic shop ordered this book and put it on its shelves it's right there in everybody's view and you can't unsee stuff so if it's right there and you look at it, you looked at it, you know, and like I can handle, I would be upset if I had to see that without, uh, without purposely doing so, I would be furious if my kids saw that. And I'm not saying this has to be true for everybody. And on top of that, uh, image did pull this cover, but if I went into my comic shop and I saw that on the shelves, uh, I definitely would never take my kid there again. Well, and so, so, I would probably seriously consider not going there again myself. So we but didn't then, talk about this last night, but it seems to me comic shops would be smarter than Image was in publishing this, right? Mm-hmm. So Image apparently didn't see anything wrong with the cover itself. Um, by the way, this book's not even out yet. Okay, this book comes out in September. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's not like anybody's ever seen these. And if you want to find the cover, you need to go out and search for it, because even a lot of the articles that talk about this cover, yeah, they link to it, and the the link they changed the link already. So Correct. it's it's not very easy to find the image online. I was able to find it, and it wasn't even a very good quality image. But between the description of the image and seeing the poor quality version of the image, I got the point. Sure. But my point is, all right, so Image thought it was okay to put this cover out. Whether it is or not, I'm not going to argue that semantic, okay? Um, I understand having heard this all this talk last night between us about the situation, um, having read a little bit about it today on the situation. Um, I, I understand why people are upset. I also kind of understand this person's point about why he maybe he doesn't really care about what people think um so i understand both sides but the thing is if a shop ordered this book now th- this book is what three issues out right two issues out three issues uh, something like that yeah um i haven't heard anybody talking about this book until now nope 
Uh, I didn't know it existed. So I, did, I didn't even know the creator existed though well, <laughs> until that, all this. That, that's your bad. Um, <laughs> I, I disagree. I looked at his body of work and I am not feeling like I'm missing anything. Uh, there's there's one book that he did that I really liked, but um, he he was actually like the Marvel like teacher guy for a long time. Because um, regardless of what you think about his art or his writing style, um, Marvel felt for a long time that that's how comics should be made. Um, so they would have him teach all the new artists and writers how to script a book the Marvel way. Um, anyway, that's irrelevant. So um, it seems to me that if a comic shop got this book, you know, in their FedEx box or whatever from Diamond, uh, and they saw it, I guarantee you most of them either would put it behind a counter or they would do like, uh, you know, with like Sports Illustrated where they have the little half half cover thing that they put in front of the book. Yeah, they would cover it up, something like that. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that's, that, that's the thing with it. If this actually did go to print is it's then, you know, it's putting a burden on the retailer to have to manage and make those decisions. But they do that anyways. I mean, with books like Zombie Tramp or stuff like that, that not only do they have the regular covers that are nasty enough, uh, but they have like explicit covers for people that want them. Um, and I, I've talked to my shop, my, like my current shop owner, he'll special order those for people if they want them. That's the only way he gets those. The last shop I went to, he, he would order the regular covers and put them on, you know, like they would just be a regular part of his order because he had enough client base that got those, you know, mm -hmm. and then he would special order the other ones if people requested them. So, you know, I, I would put faith in my shop to manage it. Um, but I think that on the side of the publisher, that it's just it wasn't a good decision to even so, like get that to solicit. Like I think that you know, as a publisher, you don't want to have a comic that a comic shop is going to be like, "Yep, I'm not going to put that out for anybody to see." So, but that's you know, the first issue I had with it was just that is it's like you know, the main cover of a comic is meant to be seen by people. So that was one of my tripping points a little bit. The other point that bothered me with uh, with the response to it from the creator isn't that that he didn't bluster about caring about what everybody thought. Like, I don't care about that because, you know, what? 90 percent of people who say anything on the Internet either say it like an idiot or they just are an idiot. Um, people don't communicate very well on the Internet. So I don't expect a creator to defend themselves to everybody or anything like that. Um, the thing that bothered me, though, is with what the subject matter was and it being a very sensitive thing. So he did it for a reason, but his response had no empathy in it at all. So when I look at those two pieces, if he did this for a reason, he has no empathy for how people feel about it. I can't see how he did this for a good reason. That bothers me a little bit. Like that that's the part that does kind of bother me and makes me wonder how I feel about this creator. You know, he did something that is going to offend people. That doesn't bother me. You know, I mean art offends people sometimes. Um, some you know, some artists do stuff intentionally to offend people. They do it to make people think about stuff, whatever. Like there's lots of reasons to to purposely make something offensive. But if you if you're doing it without any empathy, what's your reason? Is it just to offend people? And if it's something so sensitive and you're just out to offend people, I think there's a problem with that. 
All right, so you got to explain to me what empathy has to do with this issue. I can't explain that without getting into the specifics of what it is, which I don't really want to. I mean, we're not going to get to specifics. The, the cover is graphically violent, showing a person of a certain ethnic group uh, getting hung with their... Just, just stop there. Yeah, no, it's... All right, it, so... What's the, what's the reason for making that cover? If it's to highlight social injustice and you do that without any empathy for the people that suffer that kind of harm, you're doing it just for the shock value and you're exploiting something that's very serious and hurtful to people. And that is where I have the problem. Well, so so my counterpoint to that is it's not like this shit doesn't happen, right? So it seems to me like a lot of the controversy um, is more that people don't want to see it, right? Which I totally understand. Totally, totally understand. So don't get me wrong in that. People don't want to see this kind of stuff. But this kind of stuff does happen. So if it's shown, you can't deny it, right? And I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you, but you, the, you, the you reason feel, you show it matters. You, you feel like he should apologize for doing this. I don't even think I don't even think that I don't care about that. But his response was lacking in empathy at all, and it you know it was probably like I, I read I didn't read his entire response, but I read enough of it but to, to em- get it. Empathy to who? If if you're going to create something like that, if you have no empathy for the 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 people who suffer that, then you're exploiting it. Okay. And you're exploiting something very harmful. But but and but he's not exploiting it. He's pointing to the fact that it exists. If he does has no compassion for the people who suffer that, it's exploiting it for his own profit, and that's oh, okay, all. Okay, but you need to explain to me what you mean by showing compassion. Because it seems to me like it's it's important to show that this is happening, right? So when when Dysart did that um, LL three. Nobody was like, oh, my God, this is horrible that this shit's happening. Yeah, that's because Dice Art is compassionate about the people it's happening to. Okay. but He can't... wants to help people in those situations. He also did Unknown Soldier, which was about uh, uh, child soldiers um, in, in Africa and brought a lot of light onto that situation. Okay. But he didn't some, do it. Some funny, pe- but some people funny. take offense to that. I mean, our buddy Chris Campbell, he won't read that. Yeah, he won't read it, but he's not calling for it to to be banned or whatever. And some people will do that, but the the thing, and I'm saying my opinion. So you know what? If if you don't agree no, with my no, opinion, I'm, that's I'm fine. Not, I'm not disagreeing with you, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm 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 trying to get you to explain to me what you mean by he needs to show empathy. So if if Dysart did Living Level Three. And didn't give a fuck about the Iraqi people that he's writing about and shows these graphic atrocities, which I haven't read that yet, so I have no idea how graphic it is. But say he got real graphic. He made it real nasty and gritty and dirty and just... You read Sheriff of Babylon. Switch to that. Yeah. Okay, so Sheriff of Babylon, that's a good example. Um, That's a book that... Um, it gets it gets fairly graphic at times, but it's showing stuff that really happens. Like, I think that book is a book that... 
uh, can be hard to read, but is is important to read. It's not going to be for everybody, but um, you know, it, it brings a light to stuff that actually happens. Um, so you know, if if it's just like my problem with with horror flicks. If a horror flick is just a gore fest, I don't like it because it's just exploiting the violence and it's just goriness, and I don't I don't like that. If it's a, a good story and it's you know like the the more kind of thriller type of horror uh, or psychological or you know I like it more because there's something to it. There's some substance there. You have to care about what's going on. It's not just gore. Um, well, when you get into stuff that really happens, um, you know, with uh, Sheriff of Babylon, uh, it's exposing stuff that happens because it's bad stuff. It's not reveling in it and trying to make money off of, hey, let, let's uh, show the most graphic murders we can of these people as they fucking kill each other and shit like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, with this cover, it's showing a graphic hate crime. And if it's just like, I don't give a fuck about these people, I'm going to show this graphic hate crime that people... You're you assuming know, be- that... Well, that, that's the thing is if he's not showing empathy, if he doesn't care about those people, if he's not trying to show something that's a problem, like he just said, like, this stuff really happens. So what are you complaining about? Well, what's your reason for showing it? That That's my thought with it. Because some, that's people, what because some people don't know that it happens. And a lot of people refuse to accept the fact that it happens. Mm-hmm. And I, his response to it didn't feel genuine to me. So when he just is to like to me, it comes across as he's doing it to make money because it's gonna get attention. No, not, not at all. This book's not selling. Yeah, but that's what why I'm saying, Paul. Have Have you heard about this book before this whole thing came out? I guarantee you, ninety percent of people had no idea this book was even a thing. Now I understand what the controversy is. People are upset that it's an extremely violent cover doing some extremely graphic things to a particular ethnic group. But for for one, everything that I'm seeing online, nobody from that ethnic group is saying anything about this cover. It's everybody else. Okay? And I'm not, I'm not saying that that makes it any better, by the way. So I just want to make that clear. Um, do people have a right to be upset? Yes, absolutely. I have seen the cover. It's pretty fucking nasty. Okay. I also would not want to see this cover. But that doesn't change the fact okay, that what he's doing is highlighting a particularly nasty part of our culture that people don't know or refuse to accept exists. Also, a lot of the people that I see making comments about this book have never read the book. Okay, So... How can you say, well, he's doing this to make money if you don't know how this plays into the story inside the book? See what I'm saying? Putting putting an image on the cover rather than putting it in the book makes people look at the image and judge it without context. But here's the thing, Paul. I, I've heard some controversy when the first issue of this book came out because the main character is transgender and some pretty effed up shit happens to her um, because of the fact that she's transgender. She's still the main character. Okay? And you're seeing everything through her point of view. 
but people are upset that bad things happen to this character because she's transgender. And well, the, the point with, is that's not with that why, issue. People were upset because happen. because it was uh, they put the um, like they had pride variants that month, and they put a pride variant cover on that issue with that content inside, uh, which you know I can understand people being upset about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just when you when you put something on the cover, you're you're taking away the context of what is happening in the book. So when you choose to put an image like that on the cover, you're taking away all context because people see the cover without reading the book. If you put that same image in the book, they're reading the book to get to that point. So there's context. Okay. That's 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 a choice that's made. But by a comic professional who's done this long enough to know the difference between things. The majority of the time, what's on the cover has no consequence on what happens inside the book anyway. It doesn't matter. So you're putting an image on the cover without any context and then complaining that people are judging it without any context. Okay. That that That's faulty right there. And then on top of that, his response led me to believe the point of view that I just shared, which I'm not going to argue about whether my point of view is right or wrong anymore. Uh, I'm not saying your point of view is right or wrong either. I'm trying. I'm trying to understand this whole situation, Paul. Okay, because while I agree that this maybe shouldn't be on a cover, the point of the matter is the cover was solicited and people have seen it. Okay, and so now that's where the argument is, and and there probably shouldn't even be an argument because now the cover is not even going to be the cover anymore. You see what I'm saying? Um, I just I don't I don't understand when people say, well, he's trying to do this for money, or you know, he should apologize. Like he 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 doesn't necessarily need to apologize. Okay, he, this he he has very strong opinions on why this is the right thing. Okay. And does it upset some people? Yes. But I guarantee you, some comic shops wouldn't even order this book because of the cover. And even when they got it in, I'm sure some of them will cover it out, put it behind the counter, whatever it is. Um, I mean, you, I, sh- I showed you that picture of the, uh, the Savage Dragon cover. Right? I put it on Twitter. I know that. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty graphic cover. I don't see anybody complaining about that. Is is that the the regular cover or is that a variant cover? It's a variant cover. There you go. Okay. There are plenty of comics that do variant covers. And honestly, I think that's stupid. I think it's disgraceful to to image to put out some shit like that. Uh, it, it it that cover drops my opinion of image. It drops my opinion of Eric Larson. Like anybody who would want to do that. I mean, Savage Dragon's been running forever. Like, why would you want to do that to the to it like i mean obviously they, they want to do it to make money that's oh, sure. i mean yeah that, that's why they're doing that it's a 13 dollars cover yeah um but to me, to me it's like and it's not like i'm a big savage dragon fan or anything but like now i'm going from like i might check out savage dragon one of these days when when i feel like reading something a little different uh it's now i'm like eh, nope not interested and that it also just that affects my my views on image a little bit too so now Image as a publisher has done two things very recently that are making me like more and more like I'm 
it I don't really like I'm getting more and more disinterested in image like it used to be okay an image book if something tickles my fancy about it I'll probably check it out because image has some pretty good quality stuff mm-hmm. um, but I've also been less and less impressed with image books as time goes on mm-hmm. um, and then stuff like this it's I'm losing the benefit of the doubt for the publisher at all you know uh, like th- those two things really it's making me step away from image just like if uh if nbc decides to run nasty horror movie commercials during the nba finals it's affecting my opinion on nbc i'm gonna be less likely to watch stuff on nbc just because it's on nbc and i like what they do because you know what they're making decisions that that affect my ability to enjoy what they're doing yeah but if the nba finals are on nbc again you're still gonna watch them I won't watch them for a long time. I'm a Lakers fan. <laughs> <laughs> but you get um, my point. Okay, if the Lakers made the championship again next year, you would still watch the NBA Finals, even if it were on NBC. Yeah, and that's like saying if if Image published Ninja Turtles. Well, I would still keep getting Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you know, I would put up with it for that because I love Ninja Turtles. Um but there may be a point where they cross the line too far, and I actually say like, no, I'm I'm not going to do this anymore at all. You know, it's just it's it's questionable decisions on the publisher's part for me as far as the the creator's decision to 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 make that cover. Um, you know, like I said, I just I, obviously the book's not making a lot of money, but I really question why. Like he he knows what he's doing. So I I don't know like I just it really kind of puts it all up in the air and like I said I didn't really I didn't know this creator before this all happened either I looked him up because that's usually what I do when somebody catches my attention whether it be good or bad I want to have some more context I talk to other people and get opinions about them like one of the guys on the Valiant Central Facebook group um, said he's a really good guy so I asked why you know what makes him a really good guy. And he said, you know, every time he sees him at a show, like he's able to have conversations with him and not a lot of people do that anymore. So that's hard to find, you know, I mean, like, and that's the kind of stuff you don't know unless you actually experience or talk to somebody who does. But, mm-hmm. you know, so in, in our little private conversation on Facebook Messenger, you know, I said that this has a bearing on me. And one of our friends said, why? You don't even you don't even know who he is. You don't like him. I said, well, yeah. No, it wasn't you. It was Nick. Um, And I said, yeah, exactly. It has a bearing. I didn't know who he was, but I'm going to find out who he is eventually. So now when I go back to one of his prior works, uh, like you mentioned, there's one book in particular that that you like. Well, if you recommended that to me after this, I'm probably just going to say, no, not interested. Because I don't, I, I don't, I don't, it's not enough. Like this is like a negative against me checking his stuff out. You know, I'm not condemning him to hell because he did this. I'm not, you know, fuck him, he needs to die. That stuff's ridiculous. But if I was on the fence, it's going to put me on the, nah, just not going to bother with it side of the fence. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's that's my opinions about it. I, I, I don't like getting caught up in all this stuff. And I saw, the, the only reason I even found out about this was uh, Patrick Zercher was tweeting about it. And I saw him tweeting, and of course, like most of the responses to his tweets are stupid stuff. Like, you're a white man. You have no place to make any kind of comment on this. <laughs> and I look at the person saying that, and it's like a white woman. Sure. I'm like, okay, so because like only a white man specifically is the only like 
criteria that you cannot have a, an opinion on anything. That doesn't make any sense. But yes, you know, so I, I looked at what, what Zercher said, and like generally, I'm always in de- defense of the artist, even if I don't love what they did. The uh, the Spider Woman cover, it was kind of tasteless, but whatever. That the uproar was stupid. Um, I thought, was it Frank Cho that jumped on that band? Who was it that jumped on that bandwagon? Yeah, and Cho's been involved yeah. in a few controversies himself. Anyway. Yeah, like I thought he came off as a douchebag pretty much with it, but it's like whatever. He's just being a douchebag. Um, but the whole thing it was just pretty much stupid and overblown. Um, the Batgirl cover with the Joker, like that was a fantastic cover, and like I thought that that artist got bullied out of publishing something great mm-hmm. uh, because of people's reactions. You know, so like it, generally when this stuff happens, it's it's the I don't like this, I don't want it, so it shouldn't exist, and I'm completely against that. Even in this case. I don't like. I don't like this. I don't want it. That doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. Like they made the decision already to make it not exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I but it's still. I still think it's it was a bad decision to do it to solicit it, um, and I, I question the the reasoning behind it based on what I saw of the creator's response to people's uh, feelings about it. Okay, I mean that's fair. So uh, that's why I want to talk about it, is I like I am not on the same wavelength of all the crap you see online about it, but I think people need to really think about when they they see things like this, see things that bother them. What about it bothers you, and like really get into the into what matters about it, and really think about who does it affect, why does it affect them, why does this, why do why do these things matter, um, and you know I. I know too many people who have to deal with serious stuff to see stuff like this and not say, hey, there's kind of a problem with this when it really just looks like you're exploiting somebody else's problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it it bothers me. And so when I really think it out, and, you know, seeing different people's responses to it have helped me kind of figure out how I feel about it. Um, you know, it's like uh, Daryl was posting about it and saying, you know, he's not offended by it but people have the right to be offended by it and i think that like that's a good kind of point of view like i'm offended by it because i don't like to see images like that um but i also like think people have the right not to be offended by it you know Mm -hmm. so but you just you got to think about like what really matters and like when you're having a conversation about it like get it get into those details like for me one of the, the first thing that really matters is anything that could have a negative impact on my kid because if it being made too available, I have a problem with that. Okay. Well, I mean, I want to thank you for not being an asshole about it. That's for one. Because one of the reasons I've been avoiding reading a lot about the the whole situation was because as soon as you start reading what's going on, it's, uh, you know, whoever's writing the article on it is being sensationalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, of course, they want people to get emotionally attached to their article and, and, you know, whatever, share it with people. Um, so they're being sensationalist. And to be honest, I think very fake. Um, all the comments that you see on these are all the social justice warriors who think they're right and everybody else is wrong or trolls who, you know, just do it for the lulls and they're being assholes about it. Um, so I haven't, 
And again, I haven't looked very hard either because I've been trying to avoid a lot of this. But I haven't seen a lot of good conversation. Um, no, that's the problem. And, and that's it, why I wanted to say my, my two cents on it is there, there's not enough good conversation about this stuff. And, you know, the conversation that we had in our little podcast Facebook group was actually like everybody kept it tight. You know, it was a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, people made their points of view, but there wasn't debate on people's points of view. And that's one thing with something like this, too, is like I said what I thought. Nobody debated what I thought. Sure. But other people said what they thought, too. Well, and I think that's that's the key, right? Like, everyone should be able to express their opinions, and not one person's opinions are not any better than another's. But what we always need to remember is you need to respect other people's opinions, and if you disagree with them, that's your right. But don't be an asshole about it. And really, that's been the central theme of this podcast, Paul, for 133 episodes, <laughs> is don't be an asshole about it. You know, you and I have different backgrounds, and we disagree on a lot of things. Um, but we still chat every week. We're still friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason not to like somebody just because of the opinions that they have. Unless those opinions, you know, are a little extreme and maybe hurtful to people. So, like, if you were, you know, in the KKK, I probably wouldn't be your friend, Paul. You know what I'm saying? Um but like the fact that you don't like this cover or this man's art, um, frankly, it, it kind of bothers me that you don't even know who he is. But that's okay. <laughs> um, I mean, he, this guy's been pushing the envelope since the '70s. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, I think that's is, what Nick this said. Is, this is nothing new to him. You know, um, and I, you know that that point of view too. Go, I, I go back to uh, my problems with the original run of Harbinger. Things are different nowadays, and I think it's too easy sometimes for people to say, well, they've been doing this for so long. You know, they, they, they've been pushing the boundaries for so long. You know, you, you can't just at some point just, like, chalk it up to boundary pushing. I mean, you go back to the, the first run of Harbinger in, in the 90s, the stuff that they that they did, like, you know, comics gets away with way the hell more than other mediums would. Like they could have some horrible shit in comics, and just you don't even hear about it on a grander scale because, like, the greater public doesn't give a fuck. Um, but if you do that kind of stuff in a movie or on a TV show, everybody would know, you know. Um, but yeah, like, man, the early Harbinger stuff, there was some really rough, misogynistic violence towards women stuff in there that you don't see in Harbinger since the relaunch because. They kind of, you know, I mean, Dysart kind of has a little better head on his shoulders about that stuff than, uh, was it, who, who wrote Harbinger? Was it Lapham? Or did Shooter start it off? Shooter and Lapham, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. When somebody says, oh, well, well, they've been doing this since then. It's like, well, yeah, different stuff flew then. And I'm not okay with just saying that, like, oh, well, they did it then. They could do it now when you look at no, the kind of stuff. Uh... That was you're, fine then. You're taking that the wrong way. I'm not. Oh, saying, no, I, I know. I'm not. I'm not I, saying I'm not, it's an excuse for him to do this kind of thing. What I'm saying is, for people that are familiar with this creator, you are already aware that he always tries to push the boundaries. Okay, so if one thing is not socially acceptable, he's going to keep pushing on that until he can get beyond that. Okay, and when you look back on it, it's not really not that big a deal. Okay, so like American, well, I guess, well, everyone knows who the hell we're talking about. Yeah. Um, American flag and black kiss, like 
those are both like at the time when they came out um you know everyone talks about watchmen changing comics like there were other comics changing comics before watchmen you see what i'm saying no um, only watchmen yeah all, all watchmen is the only thing that ever mattered in comics yeah, um, it changed everything. Yeah, that's the only, literally the only change that ever happened in comics, too. By the way, <laughs> there were other people doing dark things in comics before Watchmen, um, and this this creator was one of those people. Uh, and so that's what I'm saying. He's always been pushing the boundaries. Um, I mean, to your point about cut, this shit doesn't not flying somewhere else. I don't know if I agree with that entirely. Um, I mean, as, as a horror movie fan. Um, I, I've seen much worse than what this cover showed. Um, so, you know, to that oh, respect, yeah, I, mean, I don't see, like, what the thing is. It, it seems to me it's more about this being in a comic than anything else. You see what I'm saying? I think it's more about it being on the cover rather than just being in it. Because there's horrible stuff in plenty of comics. Yeah, there are some so. really, really horrible comics out there. There's some, you know, I mean... Horrible stuff depicting, you know, sensitive topics in comics out there. Um, but you know, it's it's just it's the difference between shoving it in people's faces without giving them the choice. Yeah, I don't or know. I don't know. Having it inside, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I think a lot of this bullshit just has to do with people that are overly sensitive trying to make their opinion the best opinion because i also saw there's a controversy in another comic um ec comics 25 i think it is maybe something like that um which i love i love ec comics by the way they're like uh i I mean i didn't even know they were back but they've been around for forever and they used to put out like horror anthologies um kind of like uh you know tales from the crypt and things like that um those came from ec and I guess they're republishing now. There's a cover, an upcoming cover of an EC uh, Archives or a DC uh, Comics strip where there's a guy holding a knife and he's holding a woman's head. But you don't see, there's no blood. All, you don't even see her neck, right? So, like, you pretty much just see the guy holding her head. Um, and there's there's a huge controversy about this because, of course, like, oh, you know... It's a woman's head, blah, blah, blah. Like, what does that have to do with anything, you know? Would it make you feel better if it was a white man's head on the cover? Like, is that okay? Um, I don't know. I just think sometimes people think a little too much into things, um, and they just complain just so somebody hears what they have to say. But I think that's often the case. I don't think it's the case with this one, because I don't do that, and I have a problem with this one. But it wouldn't have been blown to the proportions it's been blown to if it wasn't for the fact that people do that. Correct. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have even known about it. The only reason I knew about it is because I happened to follow one creator who talked about it. Mm-hmm. Is basically why I, I know about it. But it just got me to to thinking about the, 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 the problem that almost everybody has with talking about what they feel is they're just shooting stuff out there and not really thinking about what they feel or why they feel it. They're just jumping on the bandwagon or they're, you know, whatever. The, the, all the flaws with the way people discuss, quote, discuss things online. Mm-hmm. That's why online is horrible. And so are comics. So stop reading them all. Stop reading comics. Get off the internet. 
Go live on a mountain somewhere. Start a podcast commune. We, uh, we're, we're starting the United States of Podcastia. So uh, if anyone wants to join, there's a test. If you're a troll, get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have anything else. I didn't realize uh, San Diego was so soon. Uh, so, you know, maybe there there's going to be some uh, Ninja versus the Valley Universe news. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing, Paul. I'm sorry. Um, that's That's been a year or more, right, since that was announced? I don't know anymore. I, I, I can't pass time by uh, Valiant's releasing of uh, <laughs> alternate forms of media because... <laughs> It's just going to drive us all to an early grave. Mm-mm-mm. I think I saw something on Twitter that they wrapped. Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> I may be wrong, but I think they may have wrapped on it. But, uh... Ah, <sighs> yeah. I'll have to look that up. Um, I know JDF has a panel, so I'm assuming... I assumed they would announce something there. Because um, I don't think Valiant does anything, right? They they always do uh, New York Comic Con instead of uh, San Diego. Yeah, San Diego is just such a cluster. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much stuff going on. Uh, not that I've ever been to it, but I probably never would because I don't want that. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I think they would just get lost in the mix too much, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like they have a little more roots in New York, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. All right, let's wrap this up, Paul. This conversation has made me very upset. <laughs> Not really. I don't care. I also don't apologize for this conversation. If you don't like it, uh, that's too bad. I'm still going to have it. Matter of fact, next episode, I'm going to have it again, but more graphically. I'll use more profanity next time. How about that? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Paul's at his Paul. I'm at Geekvine. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Valiant Central is the uh, Facebook group. I'm, uh, I'm very impressed. I will say, Paul, I will say this. I'm very impressed with our group. Because nobody, like, disrespects each other in there. And I think that's pretty important. Yeah, we just had to yell at one guy for a while and then things settled down. Especially especially after you let in uh, all these, these hooligans into the group. Um, they, they, they've been doing good, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, once we had, like, 20 requests and neither... Like, you and I are both too busy to actually try to check people out. <laughs> so, so, you know what? I'm just going to let them all in. And then I posted a message and said, hey, the rule is very simple. If you act like an asshole, I'll throw you right back out. That's all there is to it. Dang, you let 23 people in here? I have no idea how many people I let in. I'm looking proved, at it. 23 I new approved members. everybody. God damn it. I told you, I just approved everybody. All right. All right, I'll, I'll forgive you this time. I'll forgive you this time. I don't want your forgiveness. Good. I don't seek your forgiveness. Good. This podcast is over. Episode 133 is the last episode. We've had a lot of last episodes lately. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I think that's it, Paul. Bye. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. I wasn't listening. I never listen. Every time you talk, I just take my headphones off.
put my mic on mute.